Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, just when you thought it was safe to be a galaxy far, far away, it's the return of Star Wars once again. How the MCU continues to inspire our friends. And what game should we remember? from this current console generation. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our own Sith Lord of Humanica Media. you got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Star Wars Celebration, all weekend long in a great month of April already for pop culture. I saw that, man. I keep seeing the trailer. I didn't even know these trailers were coming out. I just saw people uh, glued to their phones on Friday. I was trying to figure out what's going on. And then, lo and behold, they dropped a trailer, and the next day they dropped another trailer. Yes, and also they dropped another trailer for The Mandalorian on top of that. Well, actually, footage for it, I should say. But we'll discuss everything major that went on at the Star Wars celebration, like Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars The Mandalorian, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order coming up here in a second. We're also going to be talking about what games will define this current console generation as it's beginning to wind down. The rumors are now hotter than ever about a new PlayStation 5 and a new Xbox console on the way. So we're going to talk about what games we think will define this current console generation. I'm going to talk also as well on the back end a little bit about what went on at NAB 2019. That's the National Association of Broadcasters Convention. Plus, our good friends, Nutty Nushis from the Nutty Bites podcast and also the Beyond the Wall show. She's going to be coming on our program to talk about her Marvel memories and how they relate into Avengers Endgame. And then our good friend, Jason Todd Feinberg from Honey Queen, he's going to mention his Marvel memories and how it also ties into Endgame coming up. He's got some great things to talk about when it comes to the Avengers and and everything that's going on leading into Endgame. But my friend, it was a Star Wars celebration this weekend in Chicago A lot of great stuff happened. While you may have not been caught up to date on that, but I tell you, I tried to get everybody at Pop Culture Cosmos Land out there up to date as best I could. They did bring out the new Star Wars Episode Nine trailer entitled The Rise of Skywalker. 
I know you got a chance to check out the video. We posted it on our popculturecosmos.com site shortly after it aired. Your thoughts on the rise of Skywalker and the Star Wars trailer that came out. I know you've been always been on the fence as of late in the past couple of years when it comes to Star Wars. Did it reignite that fire? Yes, actually. But what more did it was the fact that I keep reading all these articles about possible Rian Johnson story retconning being done by J.J. Abrams. It has not been confirmed. He has not said anything about it. But that kind of made me think, okay, well, maybe some of the things that I didn't like about Last Jedi are going to be negated in this next one. And we will actually get something that, you know, leaves both people on the Last Jedi debate satisfied. I'd like to see him retcon Snoke. That That's would be of, hard to do. A lot of theories floating around about Snoke, though, and what he uh, his his part in all of this. As far as the trailer itself, you know, the images that were there, a lot of it from a desert planet, plus also Daisy Ridley, who plays Ray. She's also looking to do some sort of force backflip, trying to go ahead and slice into the could have been Kylo Ren's TIE fighter there. Not quite sure who it was going ahead and accelerating, trying to ram her. Also, the images there of a part of a Death Star that could have been the second one, could have been the first one. We're not quite sure what that Death Star is from or which movie it's from or which time frame it's from. And then, of course, at the end, the evil laugh of Palpatine. Your thoughts on the actual trailer as a whole, the image shots of the whole team that's there for the resistance that's available, including a touching hugging scene between Rey and Princess Leia. Your thoughts on the actual trailer itself? Was it the kind of imagery that you know you like to see and is something now you're looking forward to? It sounds like you are. I'll be honest. I want to see the Skywalker story come to an end. I'm not crazy wrapped up in it all like i if you would have asked me back when the first new star wars movies are coming out do i want to see more skywalker stories or do i want to see something new i would have definitely told you something new but i'm not ungrateful that they're still making you know star wars and showing us what happened to our favorite heroes even if, even if their demises weren't desirable but yeah I, it's cool i i'm i'm curious to see how ray's story is going to come to a close and how finn and poe and rose so i don't know how much communication was done between the force awakens and the last jedi but now jj abrams has to wrap up what was done in the last jedi good or bad and so i'm just hoping that it all comes to a conclusion that makes you in the movie in a in an elated state you know kind of like when you finish return of the jedi you're like okay you know, it leaves the door open, but there, it's a good enough end to show to make you feel like you don't have to watch any more of them. John Boyega indicated that this takes place about a year after the events of The Last Jedi. And with that, it looks like Rey has been in training. There's an image of her, I guess, going through some of the old Jedi books. And then the whole trailer itself, outside of the very end, is narrated with possibly a Force ghost in Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. Mark Hamill himself, actually guiding you through the entire trailer. It looks like they were holding back and weren't showing you all the cards that they have to deliver, which I think is good. And it's just trying to get as a little teaser. It did exactly that. I know the divisiveness and the polarization that Rian Johnson's The Last Jedi has created within the Star Wars fandom universe. It's something that to me, I think is a good sign and the positivity is there. It connected well throughout the social media world, but also through 
regular news outlets that reported it as far as the enthusiasm that was there. So I, I really think there's some good signs that Star Wars is back and now on the right track going forward, at least to end this part, like you said, of the whole Skywalker saga. Yeah, I mean, and the imagery they showed in the trailer is pretty cool. The fallen Death Star, like you said, and they don't really show it. There's theories going around that, you know, we go back to indoor. I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, those cool forest scenes where it showed Kylo Ren hitting the hilt of his lightsaber down into somebody like it looks cool. looks like it's going to have all the J.J. Abrams tight action scenes with the little lens flares in them. So that could be cool. But mostly I'm just happy to see that despite the bumpy road left by The Last Jedi, that we're getting a complete story, that this is all coming to an end. And from what I understand, I know they're going to take a little bit of a break from them, but we're going to start getting new Star Wars stories here. And I think that's what everybody is really looking forward to. So the last generation of Star Wars fans is getting closure there, especially with the uh, return of Lando Calrissian. And then new Star Wars fans are going to be able to get something new going forward. So I think it's kind of a good way to close the gap between generations and kind of give them both what they want. It looks like it's a great sign. The enthusiasm for the trailer coming out. A lot of people are now back on or going back on the Star Wars train once again. And it looks like good things are coming up ahead for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. What are your thoughts out there on the debut trailer for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, there's also other great things that went on and took place at the Star Wars celebration all weekend long, including glimpses of not only the upcoming Star Wars The Mandalorian that's coming later this year to Disney+, Plus, but also a brand new video game coming November 12th from EA and Respawn Entertainment, the folks behind Apex Legends and also Titanfall as well. And that is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We saw a story trailer for that, just showing you the, the story arc as far as what is going to be going. And the basic synopsis was that a Jedi who was trying to be in hiding and just trying to go ahead and be a regular Joe and through accidental means gets found out. And now he's on the run from the Empire and all that. Your thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order? Is it something you're interested in? Because I have some words I'd like to say about EA when it comes to this. No microtransactions, no multiplayer, single player narrative game. Hmm. Thought EA doesn't do those anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. You think they used leftover? Well, who was making that other one? That was Visceral was making that, right? That's correct. But it got canceled because EA thinly worded that there was going to be no more single-player narrative games. It was going to be microtransaction-based and also multiplayer-based within the Star Wars universe. Funny how times have changed. Right. Well, I mean, they heard the feedback from fans and even... You know, adding that last minute campaign into Battlefront 2, right? Even if you look at the stuff in the trailer, you look at what the protagonist is doing on all that, you know, he's scaling the walls and stuff. That does look like the Uncharted-esque game that they were allegedly working on. So, yeah, it's very... Or Titanfall 2. Or Titanfall 2. It's, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. But, I mean, looking at it from an objective standpoint it does look good it looks fun because we haven't gotten a single player narrative in the star wars universe since the force unleashed and that was a really fun game but 
you know, this looks like it actually has a story that's more grounded in reality. And it just looking at the tone of it, it has this gritty look to it that feels kind of like Rogue One. Well, hopefully we will know more about it in the coming weeks and months. I would love to see some gameplay and how that translates into what we're hopefully going to be seeing from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I'm kind of skeptical, my friend. I got hoodwinked once when it comes to Star Wars Battlefront. I don't want to get hoodwinked twice when it comes to anything else that EA does within the Star Wars universe. Is it me or or are you apprehensive to go ahead and purchase anything when it comes to EA and the Star Wars game? I don't like EA. I'll just be very clear on that. I do not like them at all. I know I said I was excited about the possibility of another Mass Effect, but I love Mass Effect, but I almost don't want it because I'm afraid that they're going to keep repeating mistakes of the past. And I would rather have Mass Effect's name stay untarnished rather than, you know, have another Andromeda come out. But looking at this trailer, it looks cool. looks like something I want to play. Like I had some butterflies in my stomach just seeing that thing go on there. Right now I'm sold on it, but I have to see what the gameplay looks like. As do I, my friend, as do I. But it is coming out November 12th. It is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Will it redeem electronic arts in the gamer's eyes when it comes to Star Wars video games? We'll have to wait and see. But it's off to at least a good start with a good feeling of the whole entire weekend with the footage from Star Wars The Mandalorian upcoming for Disney+. Plus. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Electronic Arts coming November. Actually, days with each other. That's a future show right there for us. And then also, and on December 20th, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And we got a chance to take a look at the trailer there. We're impressed. We're intrigued. And it looks like we're heading back onto that Star Wars hype train once again. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and The Mandalorian? Are you excited for those projects like you are the Rise of Skywalker? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Coming up next, we've got our good friend Nutty Nuchitz from the Nutty Bites and Beyond the Wall podcast. She's going to share her Marvel thoughts and Marvel memories as it leads into Endgame. And then right after that, we've got our good friend Jason Todd Feinberg from Honey Queen. He's going to share his Marvel memories as it leads to Avengers Endgame as well. And then on the back end, Josh and I are going to be talking about NAB 2019 and also the games that defined this current console generation. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com that's MiracleFruitOil.com. Fighter Brace. Win with it. All right, and we're back with the program. Thanks again for joining us. Well, we're continuing our series of individuals out there that want to share their Marvel memories and how they tie into Avengers Endgame. And you know, one person I had to ask, she is the host behind the Nutty Bites podcast and also 
a show that I know is going to be of great interest to a lot of people out there this weekend, and that is Beyond the Wall, because it focuses obviously on the Game of Thrones. It is my good friend. It is Nutty Nuchas, and I'll tell you what, Nutty, it's just great to have you back on the program. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm really happy to be here. You were so insightful in your thoughts on Captain Marvel. I had to bring you back in because obviously you've got that great Marvel knowledge. And, you know, as I said before, we went on the program right now, that hype train for Avengers Endgame, it's like a runaway locomotive. It's already just like going oh, down yeah, the hill. Going. Yes, it's, And I think Captain Marvel has actually helped it. I think that it's really funny. So I've been to see it a couple of times now. That's how much I enjoyed it. And I, I took uh, my sister to see it uh, while she was up here. And, you know, she only knows Marvel through the cinematic universe. You know, she's never read any comics. She's definitely a muggle when it comes to sci-fi and so forth. With but, the Harry um, Potter reference there. Oh, totally. She started watching a lot more movies when she was taking her daughter to an evening event on Fridays. And it was just faster for her to go watch a movie while her daughter was doing the thing than to drive home only to have to immediately drive back. So she really started doing that right around the beginning of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe thing starting like she right around Iron Man is when that started happening. So she would start talking to me. She's like, okay, so I watched this and these are my questions. And she would come to me with questions. So we went and we saw Captain Marvel. I said, I know you're really going to enjoy this. And she says, well, I haven't been watching as many of the movies as I have in the past. What do I need to know before going in? I said, you know who Nick Fury is? She goes, yeah, the guy with the eye patch. I'm like, okay, you know who Agent Coulson is? She goes, of course I know Agent Coulson. He was the the the, the husband on the new adventures of old Christine. I was like, yes, him. <laughs> and uh, she said, yeah, I know those. I'm like, that's all you need to know. And we went in and we watched it. And it was great because there was nobody else in the theater. And as things were happening and things were getting revealed, her reactions were so wild to me because she's not a full comic book nerd, but like, you know, Fury gets in a fight and he's got the ice pack over his eye and she's like, oh, oh no, his eye's okay. And throughout the entire movie, she keeps flinching about the eye. And then when we see the Tesseract, she goes, that's the Tesseract. <laughs> so I was really excited to see that. But I think that Captain Marvel really has helped amp people up for Endgame. And she said to me at the end of this, she says, now I really want to see what happens next because she says, you know, she says, the last Avengers movie, that's the one where everybody turned into dust, right? I said, yes, that's the one. She goes, now they got Captain Marvel. So that's going to be really interesting. So I think that, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I think they're really doing everything right to kind of push everyone towards Endgame. That they are indeed. I'll tell you what, it's so great to see how well Captain Marvel is performing. And you and I talked just before the movie came out, and there was still speculation on how well it was going to do. The fact that there were so many naysayers, so much negativity as far as trying to drive it down. And it has not only broken through that negativity, but it is broken through in spades. It will probably finish up its run worldwide at about $1.1 billion. And that has to make everybody at Disney and Marvel extremely happy. Her as a character going forward is going to be part of that next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We'll see how much she's involved in this part of Endgame because I still have a feeling personally that they're going to focus on that 
older core of the Avengers as far as that's concerned. I know according to the trailers, and you ever, you, I know a lot of people have seen the trailers out there already, that she, you know, and from also the, the end credits and whatnot, she, she's back in the Avengers headquarters, and she says, let's go after Thanos, let's go after Thanos. Her enthusiasm is running high, and her ambition and will and drive is there. But how much she's allowed to go ahead and be a part of the entire experience, we'll have to wait and see. The speculation is is that she comes back to Avengers Endgame, that scene we saw in the end credits in Captain Marvel, is early on in the film, and that they go ahead and try to attack Thanos early on whether or not it's a it's a win or it's a a loss it looks like it's a loss early on but then they come back and somehow at some point in time maybe once maybe twice maybe through time travel maybe through the quantum realm somehow or some way hopefully they'll get the job done and hopefully captain marvel will be a big part of that i've said before on your show that i try to only watch one trailer because i don't want to oversaturate myself but one thing i did notice about the trailer is and this is all based on Black Widow's hair. There's going to be a lot of time. This is not going to be something that happens in a weekend or a week. There is going to be a lot of time that is traversed in this in this movie because she starts out with short hair. You know, she's got short hair in part of the movie and long hair in another part of the movie. And and the it goes from colors, blonde back yeah, to red. Exactly. And and the hair color is changing. So we're going to see a lot of time. My prediction for Endgame is that Endgame is going to be retiring those original characters. Yes, we'll be focused on them, but it's also going to be kind of a bit of a retirement for them. And introducing us to what the next phase is going to be because we know that marvel is planned all the way out until like i, I last i heard was 2025 but it might be 2035 who knows that they have a plan for many more movies Chris black widow's getting her own movie but speculation is that it's taking place in the past so that could mean that there could be something going on for her character because i know there's yeah. a lot of speculation captain america and yeah. Iron Man, they're the heavy favorites to kick the bucket in this movie. But something could happen to her character as well if Black Widow is set in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like, I don't know that they're going to die per se. I would not be surprised if there's like a multiple Earth situation. But we do know that... Uh, dimensions type deal, different yeah. dimension. We do know that Chris... Evans, is that his name? The guy that plays Captain America. I can't. There's too many Chris's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anyway, we do know that he's planning on moving on from the character. Robert Downey Jr. has been saying that for a while, and then he keeps coming back. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see. One of the things that I am expecting is I am expecting Proton to show up as well. You know, we saw young Monica Rambeau, as we know from the comics, was Proton and was actually once Captain Marvel. And if she was a little girl in the 90s, then she'll be in her 30s. For Endgame, so uh, there's a really good chance of seeing her. So I'm really interested to see what happens there. I am all for more female superheroes in the next phase of the Marvel movies because why did it take so long? Why didn't we get a Black Widow movie sooner? You know, why didn't we get something sooner? As much as I love Captain Marvel, it's took way too long. And that's something I've been arguing for years since 
my daughters became fascinated at the original scene in Avengers where she gets on top of the Shintari jet scooter and she comes up from behind and takes control of it. My daughters saw that and were just amazed that a female superhero could be like that. This was before they knew of Wonder Woman or anything mm-hmm. like that. And there's such an influence there to them to this day. They were hooked ever since, and they got me hooked into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of it. And you're right. I have been screaming for a Black Widow movie for years. I'm so happy that it's finally going to happen. But I will say this. I think there was a hesitation in Hollywood because of the fact that, I guess, you know, we this goes back to the earlier part of this century when Daredevil and Elektra came into the Marvel Cinematic Universe of their own. And unfortunately, both of them were not great hits in and of themselves. And I think, especially in Elektra's case, that shied away Hollywood from a female-led superhero movie. But it wasn't until Wonder Woman struck out big and DC, you know, DC, you got to be complimentary on them on taking that bold step. But they should have gone ahead and done it Marvel anyways. Marvel had that chance and opportunity to go ahead and and take that first step, but chose not to do so. And I think only my only rationale in saying that is because of what happened with Elektra. The, the thing that bothers me about that is the problem with Electra is not because it was a female character. The problem with Electra is that they decided to ignore the comics and they decided to ignore who's going to be coming to watch these movies. And they used her as an excuse, if anything. And it's a lot like, well, nobody goes to see these kinds of movies. Well, only because nobody's making them. It's the same thing that they've said about we can't choose the more diverse superheroes to have a movie on because nobody goes to see those movies. Really? Nobody saw Blade? That's why they made three Blade movies? Exactly. People love those movies. And that's why Black Panther did so well because people are waiting for this. They are tired of seeing the same superhero story. How many times do we need to see Batman's origin story. We get it. His parents are dead. You know, how many times do we have to see Spider-Man's origin story with Peter Parker? I mean, I think we've all heard the buzz. We've all heard the noise that the best Spider-Man movie right now is Into the Spider-Verse, that everybody is loving that. And why? Because of Miles Morales. A good friend of mine, podcaster from Talk Nerdy to Me podcast, told me that he never truly understood representation until he saw Miles Morales because he said that's what he needed when he was growing up. He needed to see a boy like him on the the movie screens. And he is just so happy for all the young kids now who... are able to see Miles Morales on the screen. So my argument to everybody that says, oh, well, Elektra didn't do too well is, well, Elektra was about as good for the comic book movies as Catwoman was. And we we all know that DC said, yeah, that's not really Catwoman. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it goes like this. If somebody were to ask me or ask many people out there, what was the most successful Marvel movie before the Marvel Cinematic Universe started? And they couldn't take the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies from it. You'd have to say Blade. Blade is an excellent movie. Excellent movie. And you're right. It did spawn three. You know, and actually uh, got people educated with what Ryan Reynolds did in number three as far Mm -hmm. as his future with Deadpool and whatnot. But yes, Blade was there. The representation is just... Blade also made more comic book movies come out. Because Blade came out in a time where comic book movies were not happening. 
this was a dry spell for comic book movies. And then Blade came out and other comic book movies came after that. And a lot of other people have said, in fact, even on this show, that Blade, there's a hope that Blade will actually return as a character to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to go ahead and try and force feed us Fantastic Four one more time, if you're going to go ahead and force feed us the X-Men, hopefully with a better cohesive plot storyline overarching than what they've done in the past. If you're going to force feed us the X-Men one more time into the Marvel Cinematic Universe down the road, then go with a character that you were successful with and that you have a good history with. And Blade certainly fits the bill. And I think it would just be an awesome to see him part of that universe at some point down the line. Yeah. One last question I got to ask you, Nutty. You've got not one, but two great shows out there. So I need to know more and let everybody out there know more about Nutty Bites and Beyond the Wall. Okay, so Beyond the Wall, you can find it by going to specficmedia.com. And we are spoiler-free which means that we do not divulge anything from the books that hasn't already been seen on screen. And our release schedule is actually going to be a little different this year because one of our co-hosts is actually in Korea <laughs> for part of this. So this is going to be a multi-country collaboration going on, but we're actually going to probably start putting out two episodes, a mini teaser episode where everybody's got their very quick initial reactions to kind of hold you over. And then later in the week, we're going to put out our full episode of what is to come. So if you really want to hear that very quick initial reaction from the host that you may have been listening to for the past it's been more than eight years no it's been eight years 2011 uh for the past eight years this is a great way to do that but also you can listen to nutty bites by going to nimlas.org that's n-i-m-l-a-s.org and basically we just talk about anything that is geeky right now i'm editing an episode where we talk about mediums that don't get the love that they deserve Things like anime, cartoons, horror films, all of those things. So anything geeky, that's what we talk about. And you can find that at nimlas.org. Well, that's awesome indeed. Once again, that's the Nutty Bites podcast and Beyond mm -hmm. the Wall. I know there's a lot of anticipation to talk about because there's that little indie show coming up on HBO called Game of Thrones. I know there's a yes. lot of excitement for that. Dragons be flying there. Oh, that's for sure. And a nice dragon. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and the zombie dragon, too, which is really cool. I love that aspect. You know, just like nothing brightens up your day like a zombie dragon. <laughs> and if they want updates on what's going on with the final season for the Game of Thrones, there's no better place to go than Beyond the Wall and also another great show, the Nutty Bites podcast as well. Thanks so much. Nutty, just great to have you on the show and part of the pop culture cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Welcome back, everyone. It's Gerald coming right back at you with more... Marvel Memories. I've still got so many great guests coming up over the next couple weeks talking about their love for Marvel and how it ties into Endgame. But you know I can't do anything like that without my good friend. He is the host of the Honey Queen podcast. You got to catch all the great episodes that he's produced on Honey Queen at 
Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different outlets. It is my good friend. I called him the traveling man. It is Jason Feinberg. Jason, just so great to have you part of the program once again. And again, thank you for having me on here. Yeah, I was in your neck of the woods uh, last month, but we'll get there when we get there. In the meantime, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And I'm going to go with both Gamora and Thanos and even Drax. Because even though Avengers, the end credit scene where the mid credit actually dealt with introducing Thanos, it, it all goes back to one quick thing. Hashtag adulting sucks. And when I read in the paper when Marvel was going to be bought by Disney, I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I have to pay rent this month. I'm working. Okay, fine, whatever. Iron Man came out. I was like, okay, great movie. Incredible Hulk came out. I didn't know it was a reboot or, or part of the MCU, whatever they were calling it. So I really didn't think much about it. And we know the rest. I really didn't commit to the Marvel movies until after Avengers. You know, I saw Iron Man, I didn't see Cap, I didn't see Hulk, I didn't see Thor in theaters, I waited until after Avengers to watch them again. Ever since then, I've seen, with the exception, unfortunately, with Winter Soldier, for reasons, I've seen every MCU in theaters. Oh, and, and Dark World, and but nobody talks about Dark World. But I think with Guardians of the Galaxy, it was their way of saying... Eventually, we're going to have to go into the cosmic universe, and we're going to have to talk about the stones, the gauntlet, how one has to do with the other, because it's more cosmic than it is on Earth. And I guess that was their way of, how are we going to pass the torch? Because MCU took a very long time. I, I think if it weren't for Avengers, we wouldn't be talking about it today. I mean, it's because of Iron Man, of course. But I think Avengers sealed it because Hulk, Thor, and even Captain America, I don't think, did that well. The Thor sequel didn't do that well. And then Guardians came out and everything was okay again. And I feel that if you're going to find a way to tie in what's going on with Endgame, you could argue and you could say, well, 2008, it starts with Iron Man in 2018. But I don't know if that was the MCU's plan. I don't know what they're really considering because they were just like saying, we took out a loan, we got all the rights for these characters, let's make movies, and then let's make a universe. They were really tripping over the finish line. So I don't know really when it would begin and when it would end. At least that would be the answer I would have 10 years ago. I think once Guardians came out, that pretty much cemented how the MCU was going to be cemented and how it was going to tie into the past and how it was going to deal with Avengers and how it was going to deal with Tony and how it's going to end with the first run of the MCU and transition to the cosmic universe. And I think after that, everything is going to start to die down a little bit because the first three phases are considered the Infinity Saga now we're going to transition to, I guess, Star Trek The Next Generation. Because everything is going to be more in outer space now. We're going to be doing with the Fantastic Four, but they're going to be fighting aliens in outer space, I'm assuming. We're going to be dealing with Guardians 3. We're going to be dealing with X-Men. But Disney said, okay, we're going to give you Dark Phoenix, 
that takes place in outer space. So we're going to get that as well. So I think if it weren't, you could you could argue for three reasons why we're still talking about the MCU today and how everything is tying in. You could argue that if it weren't for Iron Man and Avengers, but I think it really was going to tie into, as I said a million times, I think Guardians helped more because we were being introduced to somebody that would be a bigger threat to not just one set of heroes, but all of them all over the world and universe. Because now you're not just dealing with Earth, you're dealing with the cosmic Marvel universe. And now you're going to see how this ultimate crossover with the Earth universe, the cosmic universe, and how it's going to have to transition and, and things will get to slow down a lot more because we've got the sequels, we've been introduced to the characters. We'll probably get more sequels with, with Black Panther and Doctor Strange from what I've heard. And I know with Disney Plus what they're doing with Falcon and what they're doing with, with Winter Soldier. Plus also as well, Wanda and Vision, Loki, that's a done deal as well. And then we've also heard even more rumors when it comes to adding a Hawkeye miniseries. The, the problem with Disney Plus is that everybody is wondering who was dead and not coming back or which contracts expired or what they're doing. Disney Plus kind of let the cat out of the bag with a lot of it, including Loki. They, they kind of made it clear that it's not only that character, but the original cast of characters. And Hawkeye, I think, has been cemented as well because I don't think they could do a Hawkeye movie. Uh, they've already mentioned they're doing a Black Widow movie. So unless he's in it and they and they do Budapest because they there was a fan poster called Budapest. Well, and then also it's referenced in Avengers, which you so astutely put it is, I think, one of the biggest moments in this MCU because of the fact, like you said, it legitimized the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. And it was the first time we've actually seen a collection of these heroes in all these other movies coming together as one. And, you know, people could start seeing something out of this and seeing it, pardon the pun, endgame from it as far as what this universe is all about. I mean, we've seen collections of superheroes before briefly in, in films in the past, but it was already they were there. And if possible, they would try to branch them out, but it was too limited to almost no success after that. This was the time where you had movie after movie after movie making origin stories for all these characters and then bringing them into one cataclysmic event in the Avengers and letting it go from there. And I think that was very astute on your part, seeing how the Avengers was the big test. It passed it just tremendously with over a billion dollars in revenue worldwide. And it really took the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It kicked it up a notch, got my attention, and it got a lot of other people's as well, including your own. Yeah, because here was the thing. If you ask me back then when Avengers came out, I said, Iron Man I would see again, and, and Hulk and Thor and Captain America, I would just wait to come out on video, which I did. But once we got Avengers Age of Ultron, I went back and, and really reconsidered what this universe or what the, this was a very ambitious project to start off with. This was very ambitious to see how it was going to start, how all these movies and sequels are going to intersect with each other like a TV series, but it's in a movie universe and how we're going to care. Now, of course there have been some turkeys, the Iron Man sequels, in my opinion, 
I have a really big problem with the third one, especially what they did with the Mandarin, because I understand that it's a racist character, but if you had Ben Kingsley, you could have made an excuse and said, okay, well, he just comes from Asian descent, and he could he didn't even use an Asian accent, but that's now here or there. And I heard that they may actually be bringing a Mandarin series as well, or, or sort of bringing him back. They, they kind of alluded to a, a short film called Hail to the King. As for Thor, I don't think they really know what to do because that Dark World sequel apparently was one of the worst sequels in the MCU. Ragnarok just barely did well, but they don't really know what to do with Thor unless they put him with the Avengers, so it, it's a crapshoot. As for Doctor Strange, I don't know if anybody really wants to see a sequel because people are like, well, like me, I'll watch it in IMAX 3D, but when I watch it at home, it's not that great of a film. The problem with Infinity War is that when you put all these characters in one movie, it's hard to give each one lines and a start and who's going to play off of who because they're all trying to act like Robert Downey Jr. because his contract expired. And, and he mentioned that last year, that Endgame was going to be my last movie, and, and Chris Evans mentioned that, and now even Mark Ruffalo and Chris Hemsworth have mentioned that. So we don't know what their fates are going to be, but all we know is that contracts have expired and they want to do other things. And we haven't really seen a fourth individual sequel other than an Avengers film. So I don't know where this is going to lead off on, or, or it's definitely not going with the comics. Because there were three Infinity stories. There was Gauntlet, War, and Crusade. And one doesn't seem to have to do anything with the other because they're kind of making their own story. But we have a villain that is probably the most complex villain in the MCU. We have Thanos. And in all honesty, the MCU villains have kind of been iffy. Well, the best stories to me have been the ones that, that they lift certain elements of the comics, whether it's Marvel, The Walking Dead, or whatever. They lift elements of it, and they go ahead and build a narrative around it, but they don't take it liberally 100%, or they don't just shy away from it 100%. They find those elements which are good and build upon that with its own narrative to make it stand out from the comic book. Like, for instance, the Infinity Gauntlet comic book, they've taken elements from it, but they haven't just liberally just put the whole thing out there and just made Infinity War just like the Infinity Gauntlet. No, they didn't do that. They took elements from it, but they didn't exactly grab from it 100%. And that's what I like. The best movies and comic book adaptations don't take 100% from it, but they just go ahead and take parts, usually the best parts from it, and also go ahead and make their own narrative and own story from it. Once again, it is Jason Todd Feinberg from Hunnic Queen. You got to check out his awesome podcast today on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many other different outlets. One last question to ask you as always, my friend, and that is, Educate all of us on why, well, actually, I've already been educated because I've actually listened to quite a few episodes already in the past, but educate us on why Hunnicween is always a great time for everybody listening out there. I have to phone a friend on that one. <laughs> but, but you know what? I Again, I, I've been on my hiatus. I'm going to be doing some vlogs for a while, yada, yada, more personal stuff. But listen, I thank everybody who had listened. 
And I think when you come on and guest and, you know, some stuff may happen again in the fall. But in the meantime, if you can check out the archives and just leave a, leave a nice little review, it's on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. I would appreciate it. You know, as long as I got one person listening, I continue to do it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back in some sort of format or right now I'm just doing guesting duties. And I wish I could talk more on Endgame, but it, it's going to, in order to give you answers, this would have to be like a six hour, and I have done those, a six hour roundtable discussion on those comics and last year's movie and this year's movie. So I know that everybody's going to be going on the internet in two weeks and going like, oh my God, and you know, not shutting up about it, but I do want to thank everybody who had listened to our World War Hulk discussion and our, I know Shazam came and went. It's number one for a second week. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, Hellboy yes. is unfortunately meeting a sad demise. Well, I would love to talk about that, but um, I've heard the stories that there were so many reshoots with that movie and so many issues. And, you know, unfortunately, Samuel Blair has MS and Ron Perlman couldn't do it or I don't know what the issue was. And I know they don't want to do it without her. So it, it is a shame. And I, I kind of wanted to drag myself to see it out of curiosity. But I just heard other than seeing Baba Yaga in that movie. I'm not, but Shazam. Yeah, that I would see a couple more times. I mean, I, I like the fact there's competitions. I, I listened to your review. Shazam is definitely worth your time and money. And also get your hands on the new Shazam comics that came out. Because they do discuss the Seven Realms. And they're, they're, they have a candy land and a video game land. Those are part of the realms. The alligator people, they're part of Zootopia. Yeah, Shazam is definitely going to be worth your time. Well, it did get greenlit for a sequel. The end credits are going to hold true. Mr. Obviously, Mind, yeah. Yeah, and it's obviously that's going to go ahead and lead into a Black Adam movie as well with The Rock. So good things are coming up for Shazam. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, probably a lot better than I did. Yeah, I know since you listened to my review on it. But Shazam, Zachary Levi himself, has got a long future with the character. But I just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to sharing your Marvel memories with us. You were so great every time you come onto the air with us. And we just can't appreciate any more than what you do for us. And just so thankful to have you a part of the pop culture cosmos. Thank you again. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate you listening to all our show. And thank you so much goes to Jason Todd Feinberg from Honey Queen and also Nutty Nutches from the Nutty Bites Podcast and the Beyond the Wall Show. Please check out all three of those great shows today. We truly appreciate it if you would. You'll be hearing more stories coming up and more Marvel memories coming up in the near future on some of our shows leading into Avengers Endgame. Don't forget, if you need a listing of many of the places that we're at because we're being played around the world on radio seven days a week, check out our listings today 
at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also get a listing of many of our podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Bullhorn, Podchaser, ESO Network, Tangibound Network, and so many of other of our great friends that go ahead and make it available for download at any time at your convenience as well. My friend, I know you got a great thing going on at Humanica Media, so share the goods, my friend. What's going on with Humanica Media? Check out Topicocalypse. Put up an interview there with the man behind The Limit in a VR film by STX Surreal starring Michelle Rodriguez and directed by Robert Rodriguez. So you can check it out. We chat. Talks about the future of VR, what other properties you'd like to get his hands on, and what the tech is doing for people these days. That's awesome. You can check it out today on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers. The time is almost near... The Retro City Games Charity Game Night, you want to check it out if you're in the Southern Nevada area. That's Thursday, April 25th, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Not one, not two, not three, but four great video game tournaments. So if you're into Fortnite, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there are great video game tournaments that are scheduled for that evening. Plus, they're good friends. Hyper Schmidt, True Die, Vidius, and Serious Damage, they're also going to be performing live Humanica Media, Topicocalypse, Go Brothers Gaming, GameSource, and our good friends at Mario Party Wars. They're also going to be part of it. It's just going to be a whole big shebang. It's going to be a great to-do using all that old-fangled language right there for you at the charity game night at Retro City Games. To enter any of these game tournaments with the grand prize of each of those tournaments being either an Xbox One for Fortnite, Apex Legends, and Call of Duty Black Ops 4, first prize is an Xbox One. First prize is a Nintendo Switch for the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament. So some great prizes there, plus also second and third prizes that are great also. So check it out. With a $10 donation, you can enter one of these tournaments. And if you enter three or four, there are major in-store discounts as well. So check it out today, Retro City Games, and then join us April 25th, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. at Retro City Games. And also don't forget, Level Up Expo that weekend, the 26th, 27th, 28th. We're going to be there on Saturday, April 27th from 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. for a live Pop Culture Cosmos. That's right. Pop Culture Cosmos Live with many of the friends I just mentioned out there. They're going to hang out with us. We're going to be talking Avengers Endgame, Mortal Kombat 11, Days Gone, and so much more. So please join us for a Pop Culture Cosmos Live at the Level Up Expo for ticket information for a great weekend of pop culture where there's going to be a whole bunch of exhibits, going to be a lot of cosplay, going to be video game tournaments, going to be pro wrestling, and so much more. Levelupexpo.com. That's L-V-L-U-P-E-X-P-O.com. My friend, we have a busy weekend coming up here in a few days, so it's going to be just around the corner, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Got a lot of good stuff going on, tournaments and podcasting and music and the Level Up Expo. If you happen to be there, you're going to see us. Stop by. We'd love to talk. Do you have any questions we can answer? You want to know what's going on with pop culture? We are the guys to answer the questions. So stop by our thing and stick around after the show. We'd be more than happy to chat with you for a few minutes. That's right. We would. And that's taking place Level Up Expo at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which just hosted the National Association of Broadcasters Convention there's a lot of great stuff that was there. I wish you had gone with me, my friend. For you, as a, from a technical stamp, it was a candy land with everything as far as what's behind the curtain. Showcase the latest in production equipment, from camera to editing to 
television production and all that. Plus, there was a great emphasis on the combination of podcasting and radio and how they're going to go ahead and hopefully intertwine even more as the weeks and months to come. Talked about what types of things people listen to on their smart speakers and how that's being integrated, the rise in popularity of that. They see the smart speaker as more of a general type listening. And then they see, as far as when you're listening in your headphones, more podcast listening because that's more personal. It was actually very interesting and educational to take a listen. I'm hopeful that radio stations will become more adaptive to podcasts such as ours that will go ahead and incorporate that into their schedule more often because we have three great over-the-air radio stations already that air our show when we just cannot be thankful enough for them, plus so many other internet radio stations that do as well, and we're just thankful for that. And to see this hybrid of radio and podcasting come together, to see these radio executives become more cognizant of the podcasting medium and how important it is and how many people listen to it is quite encouraging. In the past, they would just be somewhat standoffish about podcasting and sort of brush it off. But the rise in podcasting just makes it almost unavoidable now as far as from any type of medium, whether it's television, film, or even radio as well. So do you think that that was kind of always an inevitability? The fact that, you know, podcasts come around, radio shows decrease, but now radios are kind of seeing what people want with podcasts. So it's helping them remarket it and actually kind of grab some podcasters to bring them over to their platform. I'm beginning to see that that's the case. There's still a little bit of apprehension there. I can feel it. But as that seems to go away and more radio stations become more receptive of podcasting and podcasting to radio, and that becomes more of a hybrid as far as so people can listen to the best of both worlds, hopefully that marriage will become even tighter in the weeks, months, and years to come. It's still not 100% there yet, but I see it on the horizon, and I'm hoping that's the case because we would love to be on more radio stations and have more people listen to what we have to offer because we think we have something really special here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I totally agree, and people should be listening to our podcast because we're awesome, right? Yes, we are, my friend. And if you want more info on how you can put our podcast on your radio station, because we have two podcasts a week that gets distributed worldwide, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Before we head on out, my friend, I know you wanted to talk about this generation of consoles because as the PlayStation 5 and Xbox, whatever, gets debuted this year, as many rumors are becoming more confirmed each and every day, we got to go ahead and talk about this current generation of gaming. I don't know if you want to include the Nintendo Switch, but at least the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One the battle was clearly won by the PlayStation 4, but there were some defining games that you wanted to come up with and that I also came up with too that really defined this current console generation. Right. I don't think Nintendo Switch should be counted just because they're going to be around for a while. So I'll go through it right now. We got Gears of War 4 because, you know, what that really proved was that even years after, after the completion of a trilogy, story-driven franchise can still come back to life and entice an audience. Gears 4 showed that there is life in a franchise after its ending. God of War would be my next one, and I would say it kind of did the same thing Gears of War 4 did, but it did it in a different way, in a way that shows you can take a character that was very one-dimensional, very flat, and all he really did was grunt and make you care about him. So it just kind of shows what clever writing can do for a franchise that you thought didn't really have anything left in it. Forza Horizon 4, 
the racing genre can be reinvented, reinvigorated. I got Spider-Man, you know, superhero genre you thought was dead in gaming, uh, still pretty good. Halo Master Chief Collection. You know, these are all kind of near the end of the console lifecycle when you're seeing what these machines are capable of. But Halo Master Chief Collection, I got Fortnite, Uncharted 4, because, you know, it you can end a series and make it a good ending. And then Final Fantasy 15. My list, I'm all about the numbers, my friend. And with me, it has to start and stop almost with GTA 5. The majority of the sales went on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. 100 million in sales alone. It'd be one of the, if not the best-selling retail video game of all time. Red Dead Redemption 2, the follow-up from Rockstar. Then you have, to me, the games that are truly going to define this generation outside of GTA 5. You won't be able to do it without talking about Battle Royale games, Fortnite, PUBG, and Apex Legends. And one game that should have been on this list, but is not, it was going to revolutionize gaming. There were such big plans for it. But Destiny, the game that should have been part of this mix, but is not, has to be mentioned for the fact that it was the game that just truly never was, but helped design as far as the raids and the contemporary way we play on console gaming with some other games of ilk like loot shooters and division i guess would be yeah the division anthem and you know there are a few others that wanted to go ahead and build upon the raid narrative that destiny went ahead and really popularized to an extent but not quite to the extent that made both activision and bungie happy together because ultimately the lack of success or the success that didn't match up to what was expected caused the eventual breakup between Bungie and Activision. So Destiny should have been part of this list, but unfortunately, it just really didn't become that defining moment in this genre and in this current generation of gaming like everybody thought it would. I had read an interesting thing about Destiny today was that they originally planned to make the games cross-platform and you couldn't do it because Sony blocked them from doing it. So they just decided not to do it in general. That would have helped, but I don't think it would have helped to the point where you could actually talk about Destiny in the same fashion, in the same light you can about GTA 5, Fortnite, PUBG, Apex Legends, and some of the games on your list as well. So we'll have to wait and see what games on the next generation of gaming, which should be coming sometime in the near future. It will be very interesting as we get better graphics, better experiences, and hopefully more meaningful gameplay from the next generation of consoles. What do you think out there are the defining games of this current console generation? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Bye friend, another great week of pop culture. Again, I wanna thank Jason Todd Feinberg and Nutty Nuches for sharing their Marvel memories and how they relate to Endgame. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, I think we covered it, man. Endgame's coming up right around the corner. And yeah, lots of exciting things on the way. E3's coming up in June. It's going to be a busy, busy few months. That it is. And hopefully you'll be able to join us if you're here in the Southern Nevada area for Retro City Game Night. And check us out and say hi to us at the Level Up Game Expo as well. Oh, one last thing, man. Cheers. If we were sitting at Cheers, who would you be? Sam alone, man. I know, like, he's the main character, and that might be a cop out, but uh, he's always, man, like, he's just good at talking to people, and he's always managed to keep his cool. 
And I always remember growing up and seeing that iconic scene, man, where last episode and he flips the sign around saying we're closed and you see the hand knock on the door. Oh, it gives me goosebumps every time. Such a good show. It it like there are a few shows that really stand the test of time, but Cheers is one of them, man. I'll play Cliffy. How about that? I'll be Cliffy. You know, um, there's, Fra- there's Fraser too. You know, you could always uh, jump into that character. This is true, but if we had another half hour, I could go ahead and tell you a story, just like Cliffy B. Because when it comes to Cheers, everybody will always know your name. So for Josh Peterson. This is Gerald Glassford. It's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. forth a new era of podcast entertainment the cigar nerds podcast movie reviews pop culture debates news science and even beer reviews we're stranger than stranger things and funnier than an evil sewer clown cigarnerdpodcast.com we all smoke down here georgie you're listening to a weeby geeks network podcast This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.